0: are tackling some of the world's biggest social challenges so that you can learn from those who have been there before, helping you in your decision making and action taking. Today I am joined by Social Impact Pioneer Savenia Siminski. Together we are going to talk climate adaptation, resilience, and properly accounting for climate change risks now, so that we are completely prepared for the future. And Savenya is the right person to take us through all of this. She is a contributing author to the IPCC and the lead author of the UK's Climate Change Risk Assessment. Savenya is chair of the Munich Climate Insurance Initiative and head of adaptation research at the Grantham Institute on Climate Change and the Environment, which is part of the London School of Economics and Political Science, also known as the LSE. If that wasn't enough, Savinia is also the Associate Principal at Vivid Economics and Research Lead for the Zurich Flood Resilience Alliance. She's also a mother of four and all-round hero. Savenia is going to unpick such important topics for us today. So buckle up, everybody. This is going to be a good one. So, Savenya, welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Savenia, so much for joining us today. It's great to have you here. And I wanted to start our conversation today. You have been involved in the IPCC's Climate Change 2022 report, which is definitely named Impacts, Adaptation and Vulnerability. For those who haven't yet read it, can you share a little bit about what this report says?
1: Yes. So the IPCC report is a major part in our knowledge and evidence around climate change. So what actually happens on a regular basis is that scientists from all around the world come together under the hospice of this body, the IPCC, and basically assess all the knowledge and evidence that, that we have in the context of climate change. So it's, it's a huge stock take. And the new re- report um, that just came out focuses on climate change impacts. So um, it is really important because it underlines the scale of the challenge we're facing. And the main message from it is that the impacts of climate change are getting worse, but they also become increasingly complex and, you know, more more difficult to manage. And maybe just to give you one flavour, so um, the report talks about you know, societal impact of climate change. So, you know, how climate change is starting to actually have a noticeable impact on the lives of of people and particularly in in vulnerable communities around the world. And it says that up to 3.6 billion people are highly vulnerable to climate change. So just as an indication of, you know, the scale of the the problem there.
0: That is massive. And I mean, we, the podcast title is around business fights poverty. And I was wondering whether you wouldn't share with us why this particular report is so important and what's it like also working on it?
1: Well, the, the report is so important because it it clearly sets out why it is, you know, essential that we take action now. And by action, I think you know it's important to remember so we need to deal with the cause of the problem. And obviously we need to do all we can to to keep climate change at bay and to limit it. But then the report is also really clear that at the same time, we need to manage the impacts. And that's absolutely essential. But fortunately, the report also shows that what we call adaptation, so our ability to, to adjust and to change, you know, how we, how we live, how we work, where we build, you know, that, that is still possible to some extent, and that we need to sort of see this as an investment in the future. Because the big challenge is, you know, if we we leave it too too late and wait too long, we're really run going to run out of options, and that's why you know this report is is really essential and should actually be you know required reading for anybody who who makes decisions either, you know, in a business context or policy makers, but also for those who are who are involved in in supporting, you know, those most vulnerable, you know, communities, you know, a lot of NGOs that are engaged around the world. So it's really important that we understand, you know, climate change is here. There are ways for us to take action now to help and and try and manage it. But, you know, that window is getting, you know, smaller and smaller. So, you know, the urgency is, I think, the, the key point. And yeah, you asked about, you know, how how we contribute to it and, you know, how it feels to, to be able to, to work on something that, that big. And, you know, that is, it's really a fascinating process. So we here at the LSE, we have contributed to a wide range of research that we've conducted and that's now been taken into account in that report. And one example is the UK Climate Change Risk Assessment, which, you um, the government is required to to initiate under the Climate Change Act. So we have been involved. We've led a lot of research, particularly around business and industry. And, you know, that whole evidence creation, that whole assessment and the analysis, that's now also being used in the IPCC for this big global report. And I think that's a really important exercise where, you know, these sort of national level assessments and understanding of what business is doing and so on, where that's being taken into account um, globally.
0: I mean, you're an expert in climate adaptation in particular, as, as well as climate loss and, and damage. With that in mind, what would be your advice to governments, businesses and communities to be doing in order to adapt to the coming changes or, or already we're already experiencing in terms of Global temperature changes.
1: Well, I, I mean, we we're doing a lot of work here at the at the Grantham Research Institute at the LSE on adaptation, on resilience, and you know, one of the key messages, also for businesses, but also for for policymakers, is that you know this is not a future issue. This is something that requires action today, and it is actually quite easy to to consider, you know, climate impacts as, well. yeah, that's, that's going to get really bad by the end of the century. And to have that sort of mindset and then say, well, look, I mean, it isn't really material right now. And, you know, it, I, I still have time and maybe I can still wait for more information, for more certainty, for more data. But that is really not a sensible strategy. And our research has shown that that's actually also quite quite dangerous because you know we be that in business context or in a policy context or you know any sort of investment decisions you know that you make today this kind of locks us into a future sort of pathway if you like so if i'm making a business decision today about what kind of product are going to be producing design sort of features but also where I'm going to produce it, what kind of supplies I use, where my my office is going to be located. All these things, you know, I would argue should really, at the very least, consider current and future climate. And, you know, we we should and we need to be smarter about sort of anticipating these changes and becoming, you know, proactive and taking action and I use the word resilience a lot, and many in the business community are familiar with that. I mean, it's a difficult term, but it's really about you know being able to cope with current risks and being ready for future risks. And I think that's that is really essential that we have that sort of mindset. Because unfortunately, in reality, be that in business but also in policy making, we we are inherently reactive. And maybe just to bring this home. We've done some research that shows that if you look globally about at the number of, you know, sort of investments or the amount of investments that are being made to deal with, with extreme weather and disasters, around sort of 86% is, is being spent on repair and recovery after an event. And only 14% goes into sort of prevention and being sort of resilience ahead of, of something happening and then, you know that that is just not just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense economically, but it's also not sustainable. So that's a
0: really important message. So Stefania, I was wondering whether you could share with us some examples of what you mean by adaptation.
1: Well adaptation refers to our ability to take action to help us cope with a changing climate to prepare for more extreme weather and to reduce our vulnerability and to make countries and communities more resilient. In other words, adaptation is really to ensure that we adjust investments, business planning, and also public policy in the face of sudden climate change, but also those slow onset changes as we describe them. So sea level rise, for example. And You know, it can take many forms. I mean, just give you some examples. So, investing in irrigation systems to help farmers cope with droughts or changing crops, building flood fences, designing homes that cope with hotter and also wetter conditions, but also working with suppliers to make supply chains more resilient. So, there's a whole range of actions that we can take now. But unfortunately, far too often we're still stuck with you know assessing risk, identifying, raising awareness. And concrete action is really lacking. And that's what sometimes is described as the adaptation gap. And you know, this is really important that we take action now, because now we still have the opportunity to to influence a lot of these business decisions.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and you talked there about being inherently reactive. And I wondered whether you wouldn't mind unpicking that a bit more. I mean, what do you, what else do you think is holding us back from being able to take action? I mean, is there, is there a sort of a bit of a your mind, a bit of a formula that we just aren't grasping yet that we should, you know, what do we, what do we need to overcome to, to be able to take action?
1: Right now, I think we still often consider climate impacts as you know something that that has a degree of uncertainty attached to that and you know it's something we yeah i mean we we understand sea level rise is is likely to get worse we see the data and we see the science and we even experience it but i think still you know it it's often seen as as a risk and as something that is you know there's a chance that will happen sooner but maybe we have more time and so i think it's in our minds, often we consider it as, yeah, something that we can sort of um, defer to the future and and deal with more urgent issues. And to some extent, you know, that's just how our human, human psyche works. But I think the challenge is, you know, that we are obviously wasting, you know, our chance to do this you know, properly and and to address these issues. And um, because the longer we wait, you know, the bigger the problems we'll get. And adaptation also has clear limits. So for me, and that's kind of really what I'm doing day in, day out is to, to try and convey this message that dealing with climate change and being prepared and becoming more resilient should really be seen as an investment in, in our future. Similarly to you know an investment in being you know net zero and and low carbon so yeah i think that's kind of the the key point to to change that and to show that actually it makes business sense and it is a good policy practice it's not um not the waste of of you know resources that you could spend on something else
0: i heard recently Christiana Figueres talking about the challenges of reacting to and taking action around a chronic issue and a chronic problem versus taking, you know, a knee jerk reaction and and really galvanizing everybody to an acute pain. So you can see about like the world mobilizing around Ukraine conflict or around COVID and versus, you know, the energy around (laughs) climate change has sort of been slightly lethargic. And, and it's, and she was quite interesting. She sort of talks about actually, there are mechanisms to addressing chronic issues, and our businesses potentially actually quite good at that because they have to get ready and want to be around in the future. And it's not all just knee knee-jerk reactions. And therefore, I, I was wondering whether whether you, there are particular trends that you're seeing from your vantage point and your location that you're aware of that you think others aren't particularly, you know, haven't necessarily woken up to yet.
1: Well, I think it is really important to start understanding that climate change is is a threat multiplier so I, I use that term a lot because what climate change is doing and it has been doing this actually for some time now it reinforces you know existing challenges and it makes you know development much harder and it does throw communities back and you know if you are a small business or even if you' are a large corporate, And climate change, you know, adds to your your risk, you know, to to the scale of the risks. And it also makes it actually really important that you not only do, you know, sort of a risk assessment where where you identify your risk, but that you think this through. Because a lot of the issues that we're looking at, I mean, we're talking here about extreme events and, you know, supply chain disruptions. But, you know, there are also more sort of significant transformations like, you know, what do you do about sea level rise, which poses, you know, existential challenges to to some some parts of the world already. So, you know, thinking this through and also considering, you know, what it means, you know, for ecosystems, for regions, for different industries and sectors, you know, that it's not something that you can just kind of do. Through a simple, you know, sort of tick box exercise, it really requires, I like this term, like holistic thinking and, and thinking about, you know, how, how these risks are, you know, cascading, how they sort of influence each other. I mean, we, we use the term like compounding risk. So if, you know, we had the pandemic and we have obviously now other geopolitical issues, We have we have the war. And you know this together, then with climate change. I mean, how does this? What what sort of new normal does that create? And how do you respond to that? And I think this is really, you know, it requires a different approach to risk management. I think, and yeah, I think that is often quite a challenge. Well, the world is not one dimensional, but it's also not. You know, we're not sort of in a situation where we just kind of completely in the dark. We have a lot of data we have a lot of knowledge i mean the ipcc report you know really brings it home we we know what's happening yes there are uncertainties but we have information and that information can help us make the right decisions so you know i think that's a really important yeah sort of message to to make sure that we we approach this topic not as a sort of silo issue but as as a holistic thing that that climate change you know, is a threat multiplier. And that's how we we need to to respond to it.
0: And so it's really interesting because when you were talking, I was just thinking, actually, is it about the skills within the people, those decision makers in the businesses to be able to understand those risks and apply that to their decision making? I mean, certainly from, from my experience being in business, our risk department was very separate from anybody to do with climate change or sustainability and actually it's perhaps about the sort of cross-pollination of that tool those tool sets and those skills to be able to understand each other's areas and 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 apply it properly to the to the business does that is that right does that is that how you feel
1: yes I mean I think this is actually a really interesting observation because um, when I work with corporates, and particularly with large ones who are now sort of looking at their climate disclosure, for example, under TCFD or under sort of re- other reporting statements, I mean, that forces them to basically also connect different business units and, and bring this up in terms of, well, what tools do we internally have? Do we do scenario analysis? Do we do stress testing? What kind of risks? are on our risk radar and how do we sort of quantify that? I think that's been hugely helpful, getting us to, you know, to, to better understanding with the caveat that we're really only talking about, you know, large corporates and the big challenge is for, for smaller ones and particularly for SMEs who, who are really struggling with that. But then I guess the my message is, you know, once you you have sort of, identify risk and and maybe change all the, that perspective on risk. The key question is what are you then going to do about it? And I think that's when, I guess, most businesses are still quite quite unclear, you know, but does it require action? And what kind of action is, we, is needed? And what are the, you know, sort of the metrics that we can use to actually assess whether we are adapting or not? And yeah, I mean, it's not straightforward. I mean, I, I work with also with cities. And, you know, just to to explain this, I mean, they often face multiple risks and, you know, you have floods, heat waves, droughts in a short time span. At the same time, you need to create jobs, you have, you know, social challenges in, in your communities. So how can you basically take that whole sort of picture into account when you make your strategy Decisions and when you sort of say, okay, well, how is climate change going to change our outlook going forward? And you know, I think questions around infrastructure, supply chains—you know, these are really important. And and more and more cities, but also now businesses are sort of recognizing, what well, we we also need to maybe engage more with you know infrastructure providers or with you know with our supply chains across the whole sort of value chain. And I think that's that's another important observation. You know, it is complex and you often can't do it alone as, as a business.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um Svenja, this is really cheeky, but if there are any tools or links or resources that um we might be able to share with anybody listening to this podcast who might find them useful. I mean thinking particularly as you called out, you know, if you're a smaller business and you don't have vast resources at your fingertips if if we can do that that'd be great and i'll just pop them in the words that sit alongside the podcast
1: yeah very happy to to provide some some links there and you know i think there is more and more information available but that's also has been my plea for some time particularly in the uk with government we do not have a one-stop shop particularly for businesses to to go to and and have this all on your at, at your fingertips it often requires a lot of yeah, searching around, and engaging with with experts, but yeah, I hope that that
0: will change. Well, that's a challenge across our bowels collectively. We'll <laughs> <laughs> better start taking action. And on that one, Savinia, what is next for you? What does what does sort of the next steps and and moving forward look like?
1: Well, I mean, some areas that that I find in a way particularly promising, and and one aspect which we haven't mentioned is the role of nature in this and you know some people call this nature-based solution so it's kind of working with nature and and realizing how much we depend on natural capital and we have developed some tools that will allow that allow businesses but also governments to understand you know the sort of co-benefits of these nature-based solutions So, for example, in the context of flooding, you know, we can use nature to to help with with water storage. And, you know, we have in the context of urban heat islands, we have, you know, urban greening and as, as a sort of response to that. And I find this fascinating because, you know, there are so many benefits. If you do this properly, you know, this is actually, you know, something really exciting because it sort of can help with reducing emissions it can help with you know sort of quality of life it can increase so many you know sort of things about the community it can make it more attractive in so many ways so I find this really exciting but at the same time for businesses it is really hard to turn that into an investable proposition and I think you know that To me, that's a really important area because at the same time, you know, we value nature based solutions, but climate change, you know, is a big threat to nature and sort of, I think this is a really urgent area. So yeah, that's, that's something I, I'm really sort of committed to, to do more work on. I think the other point is when we talk about, you know, climate change strategies, people sort of think through you know, net zero and what what we need to do to actually reach emission targets. And obviously, that is hugely important. But we also need to understand that that's actually only possible with adaptation and with managing impact. And there is a risk of, you know, of failing with net zero if we don't take into account you know, adaptation. And I could just give you the example of the the recent windstorms that that impacted or that affected the, the UK. And we all know that achieving net zero is only possible if we plant a lot of more trees. Well, you know, these windstorms are basically doing the opposite of that. And so that sort of brings it home that, you know, we, we really need to understand how we can better prepare and manage climate risk because, you know, climate change is having an impact on our ability to actually reach net zero. So that's a really important area that I'm also working on.
0: And again, going back to your piece about the interconnected nature of of everything. And and on the nature-based solutions, um, again, I will put the links to some of the resources that you mentioned there into the words that sit alongside the podcast so that anybody listening, uh, you can get in touch with them too. So, Svenja, we're nearly at the end of our conversation today. And I wanted to close that with piece of advice so we're a community we care deeply about trying to help one another and the sort of practitioners decision makers who are within their various organizations trying to help them be more sort of create more positive impact for anybody who's listening what would be the advice you might share with them or or what would you say to them if they wanted to take action and, and make a difference themselves
1: well the key message is that we need to be smart and take climate change into account when we decide where and how we build, how we design products and infrastructure, and, you know, how we develop resilient food systems and supply chains. So really starting to incorporate climate change into your day-to-day decisions. And, you know, that, unfortunately, you know, every day, and probably by the time we finish with this conversation, you know, a lot of investment decisions, a lot of, you know sort of choice of of business locations will have been made you know completely you know disregarding current and future climate risk and i think you know that this is this is a really sort of important issue i think there are some encouraging examples and maybe that's the the more sort of positive message that we can do it and you know there there are really good examples of how to do adaptation and and how to, to be smart about it. And it can save money. I mean, I usually say every sort of dollar invested now in adaptation saves at least $5, in some cases up to 10 or even more, in, you know, costs that you avoid. And, you know, that's, I know that is sometimes difficult to translate into, you know, a business case depending on the sector you're in. But I think, you know, that to me, that's where we need to focus. That's where we need to support each other so that we can strengthen that, that business case for adaptation and that we also show, you know, it's not something that we can wait, you know, for more information or where we can wait for, for you know, better tools. It's something that requires action now. Yeah, I think the IPCC report is a good starting point for for those who who haven't really started considering how their day-to-day decisions are impacted by climate
0: change. Well, on that note, Savenia Simensky, thank you so much for sharing your time, your insights and your suggestions, advice with us today.
1: Thank you very much. It was a pleasure talking to you.
0: And if you like what you've heard today, please do rate and subscribe to us I would also love to hear your feedback. So please do drop me a line at any time. I'm Katie at businessfightspoverty.org. Many thanks. Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty.